the Flushing girl from Flushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, Miss Fine. Hello and welcome to Oh, Mr. Sheffield, a podcast about the nanny, uh, the TV show, not your nanny who raised you growing up. I am Shondi Pasquale here with my co-host, Toria Sheffield. Hello. I really, I really mix up my hellos sometimes. And I wonder if people, if people feel like that's indicative of my mood. I do. And I am uh, constantly lost in the first five minutes of the episode, figuring out if you're <laughs> happy to be here or not. Um, this episode is episode 17 of season one of the nanny stop the wedding. I want to get off, uh, which is a parody, another parody title. This one, is, I believe it's, uh, what, uh, what is the, uh, stop the world, stop the world. I want to get off is the, mm-hmm. is the phrase. Uh, I think it's a song. Actually, I did no research. I'm not prepared. Um, uh, this episode, did you? <laughs> I did some research. Also, I'll say this: um, we usually do three episodes a day, and that's why you guys might notice some episodes we come in hot and heavy on the research, and then some episodes <laughs> it's like uh, I think I kind of remember what happened, and that's usually when we're on the uh, third episode. Uh, but that is, is <laughs> that's for the corrections part of the show next week, though. It's a built-in yeah, yeah. feature. <laughs> okay, uh, but I just looked it up. I just. The internet means we don't we can we can slack a third of the time yeah. because of the internet. So stop the world I want to get off is a musical. Um I knew it by Anthony Newley and Leslie Brickus. Brickus. Yeah. I'm probably saying that wrong. Um yeah. I don't know anything else about it, but it is a musical, and that, that makes sense that this this show often uh does musical puns for their yeah. titles. So yes. check that out. And- Directed by Gail Mancuso and written by Diane Wilk. Um, good episode. This is the one where Mr. Sheffield's sister comes to town and she's going to get married, but maybe not to who we think. Yes. And so the interesting, it's, it's funny that you said that um, you didn't do a lot of research because I did, I when I was doing my second little viewing before we recorded to refresh my memory, I actually did do some random research into who, the actors. And I found out that this episode gets more interesting when you know who's playing people because Mr. Sheffield's sister is played by Twiggy, the famous English model. Really? She, have you, have you heard of Twiggy? Yeah, but I didn't know what she looked like or who she was, but I've heard the name. Yeah. Yes. She was a sixties sort of mod girl and she really was famous for, um, Bringing in something that probably has caused a lot of damage to women uh, in retrospect, which was the Twiggy model thin look. And she kind of like brought in that wave of that being like what teen girls on magazine covers looked like. Hmm. Um, And she also is Fran Drescher's real life friend. Twiggy was actually the friend she was going to go visit when she ended up sitting on that plane next to the big uh, president of the network. And she was hanging out with Twiggy and Twiggy's kids when she had the idea for like a culture clash where I'm the nanny. Wow. That is um, wild. <laughs> a small world. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Um, and yeah, so so the sister shows up for this visit um, and she has this fiance in tow who is the Duke of Salisbury. And she also has her loyal driver of 20 years, Lester, Um sort of like a manservant type. Um, and I thought this episode was interesting to that, that it went right after the last episode we saw because last week we get this taste of Fran's home life and her backstory and what her childhood was like. And this week we get a taste of what Mr. Sheffield's 
uh, childhood was like, and which we've only really pre- which we've only really previously known from when we met his nanny, uh, played by Cloris Leachman, a, a bunch of episodes back. Yeah, where she well, we learned that he was like coddled in like a very bizarre way. Well, this was we, we were reminded sort of how upper class he is, and that this like sort of felt like an episode of The Crown, and how they were you know he and his sister comes in and she's instantly like. And he's like, da, 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 da. and they have this very like back and forth, very specific banter um, and inside jokes. But it's it's very um, it's very British. And at one point, you know, one of them makes a joke and they both laugh. And Fran just goes, meh, I never got Benny Hill either, <laughs> um, which made me laugh. Um, but the one thing that was interesting to me about this also was, so when I found out, I found out that Twiggy was playing his sister, Jocelyn. And then as soon as I heard the driver speak, I was like, oh my God, that is my father's accent. Like that sounds exactly like him. And oh my God. Was always, it your dad? And then I realized <laughs> my father was in this episode and that he was an <laughs> actor before he was a professional living in Washington, D.C. Um, wow. No, what I actually thought was, I was like, you know what? I was like, I almost never hear that accent um, on TV. Um, and I had to look it up. That actor is from Atherstone, which is a two-hour drive from where my father was from in the north of England. And it's a specific accent. And again, not Americans don't hear it that often. Um and it's different than what Twiggy's was. And then I also had to Google who played the Duke. And this guy looked just like Colin Firth. But he was actually an American actor from Georgia putting on this very upper crust English accent. That's pretty crazy. He sounded yeah. very British. Wow. He did. Well, I mean, he sounded British to like the American ear of like what a fancy British person sounds like. I don't know. Actually, he was like, uh, darling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that sounds British. That's how British um, Yes. And, you know, they're very understated in their romance. And it's the kind of thing where it's like they're all having dinner and, you know, France has something like, when did you know she was the one? Or And he was like, I looked at her and I realized this is quite nice. And, you know, and, you know, and Twiggy said, Jocelyn says something like, and I looked at him and thought, he seems like a stable friend. <laughs> um, and it's clear that it's like very passionless, but very yeah. stable. And, um, fr- you know, Fran's like, well, do you have a date? And they kind of are saying that like they want to get married soon, but they're doing all this traveling. And she's like, well, I used to be a wedding planner. Like you should just get married here this Sunday and I will get everything all in order for you. And they they look at each other in this like very like reserved way. And they're like, shall we darling? And it's like, might as well. Um, and so that sets up the premise of the episode that Fran is going to plan Mr. Sheffield's sister's wedding to this Duke. Yeah. Um also in the scene, did you clock the bulimia joke that you yes. could not do? You could not do. Oh, yeah. Boy, did I Ooh, clock baby, it. baby. So they're eating steak and kidney pies because that's uh, Jocelyn's favorite. And after dinner, uh, Fran, you know, says to Niles, like, ugh, Niles, you can table this recipe. Like, did not enjoy this. And he goes, he goes, well, Miss Fine, like, it's lady, like, steak and kidney pies lady dies favorite and then fran goes no wonder she's always throwing up <laughs> um which like f- first of all i was like this joke does not work now on so many levels so not many levels only, not only because princess diana died tragically yeah but because like bulimia is no longer a punchline 
Because it's not a joke anymore. It's not. It used to be hilarious. Now <laughs> yes. it's not a joke. Yes. Um, yeah. But no, I was like, wow, uh, wow. Yeah, I, I I wrote that down. There's th- there's also um, I, I do want to point out that Fran's first outfit in this episode is maybe my favorite thing she's ever worn. It's it's like that weird outfit with all the writing all over it and it just says like euro trash (laughs) (laughs) honestly i i was like i would wear that today it was so cool it was was like pink it was very retro in its cut it was a pink like sort of blazer and like sort of pens i don't know i don't know how to talk about fashion i'm the worst we need some we need a third party opinion on this but it was very retro it was um bubblegum pink and it had like newspaper print writing all over it but it was like, it looked cool. Like it genuinely yeah. looked cool. A lot of times when they go for like big outfits with her, I feel like it's goofy. But this one, even though it was trying to be kind of goofy, like I was like, oh man, she looks cool. That's like a cool outfit. No, if, if so, I yeah. had that, like it would legit be my favorite thing that I would yeah. wear to be, to try to be a cool hip girl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're not trying to be exactly. Tori the cool girl. <laughs> I feel um, like when you say that, you throw your thumbs up near your like shoulders. <laughs> I'm the cool girl, and I, I try to kick a jukebox, <laughs> um, and then break your toe. <laughs> <laughs> the emotional crux of this episode, or like the catalyst of the conflict of this episode, is it quickly becomes apparent to Fran that Jocelyn is not really in love with the Duke. She clearly has been in love with her driver, Lester, for years. And Lester has clearly been in love with her. And it's sort of, you know, it happens in this very sweet moment where I think Fran is, like, asking the Duke. She's like, well, you know, I'm trying to get things ready for the wedding. So, like, what's her favorite flower? What's her favorite food? Like, what's her favorite such and such? And the Duke really doesn't know. And then she, you know, goes over to the driver once the Duke has left. And she's like, do you happen to know this stuff? And he knows it, like, right off the top of his head. He's like, roses, um, Chardonnay and like her favorite color is like, you know, a verdant green or something like that, like so specific. And it just dawns on Fran, like, oh my God, she's marrying the wrong man. And she gets to meddling. Like she feels like she wants to remedy this situation. Yep. And then um, we get the, so she starts planning, she's already started planning the wedding and she brings back, uh, we get, uh, what's that kid's name? Benny? Penny. Benny. Re- Ben, Kenny. Ben, Benny re- oh, Kenny. Kenny returns to do funny jokes and uh, he's great. He walks in and he immediately makes a Beverly Hillbillies reference, which I thought was really solid um, uh, about, you know, that them, them living in a mansion and, and, and he feels, um, he feels nervous about being there uh, because he feels like he does, like he won't, he won't like hold up to like what, what, Grace's or what Maggie's expectations are going to be uh, yes. for like a man because he's you know he's just like a a blue collar Jewish kid mm-hmm. uh, you know who's thirty almost thirty years old <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and and that leads to what I think might be the darkest joke that we've ever heard on this show but I, I think I'm going to save it for when we get to favorite lines because it's by far my favorite line in the show so but I'll tee that up now it was a okay. very dark okay. joke. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then we we get the reveal that that Jocelyn is definitely shipping the driver, and um, no, no, they're not. They've never done it before. No, well, she's they've, never they've got an affair. They, they've no, they're having no. an emotional they've affair. Never, yes, I know they've never admitted this to each other before. It's been a quiet yeah. British reserved 
it's like been a um a uh, remains of the day love. I don't know if you ever read that book or saw that mm-hmm. movie. It's I, heartbreaking. I saw that movie. Heartbreaking. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Hopkins and Emma Thompson. It's this. It's the the love that dare not speak its name. It goes unsaid because it's inappropriate, but under the surface, love between them for twenty years. That's what I thought. Oh, I guess you're yeah. right. I guess you're right. Like no, they've no, no, never no. acknowledged you're totally it. Right. Yeah. yeah, they've never acknowledged it to not only each other but to themselves until Fran pushes it to to happen. Um, yeah. Because basically she tries to get Mr. Sheffield to call to like call off the wedding. And he's like, why? What's happening? And she's like, Jocelyn is in love with Lester and Lester's in love with Jocelyn. And he's like, oh my God, she told you? And she's like, uh, no, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure. And he's like, oh, okay. So you, you literally want me to uh, call everything off because you have a hunch. And she like doesn't understand he's being sarcastic. And she's like, I knew you'd understand. <laughs> um but so instead, and so she promises she's not going to meddle between the Duke and Jocelyn, but she like didn't promise anything about Lester. So she ends up going to Lester, convincing him to like, you know, declare his love. And um, he, like literally moments before the wedding is about to take place in the Sheffield's living room, Lester takes her aside and, and they share a kiss. Um, and, but it's this thing where he's sort of like, you know, I have nothing to offer you. I have not, you know, I'm just a driver and I'm the help. And, and it's one of those situations. And I actually have a note. Um, my grandmother called off an engagement for that exact same reason. My English grandmother. Because she she, fell in love with her chauffeur? Uh, opposite. My grandmother, uh, a a very wealthy heir. My, my family in England was very poor. And, um, uh, Charlie Chivers, who was heir to the Chivers Jam. <laughs> this, wait, is this a true story? This sounds like, are you, and also, were you just about to say the heir to the Chivers Jam fortune? Okay, so this is not a real story. This takes place in like Hobbit Town, <laughs> no. in Harry Potter Land. No, 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 no. Charlie Chivers, Chivers fell in Jam. love with my grandmother, and my grandmother, and he wanted to marry her. And she said, no, it would never work because I have I work in the factories and your family owns the factories and your mother would never accept me. And the story goes that he was such a classy guy that when she married my grandfather, he Charles killed himself. <laughs> no, 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 no. He jumped no, into no, no. a bottomless pit of jail. When, when he when when she married my grandfather. He sent them a beautiful wedding gift, which my jealous, angry, poor grandfather, poor as in actually financially poor, threw across a room and broke. Because <laughs> <laughs> he would not have a gift from Charlie Chivers in their home. And it exploded with jam. Yeah. Uh, and that, you know, she would talk about it all the time, how, you know, she used to work in the factories. And so her fingernails were always dirty, which is why she always wore gloves when she would go out dancing. And, and that's where she met Charlie Chibbers. And and it was the whole family lore. Damn, what a number. But when I saw this, it, it really is true to this culture. What did your and, grandma look like? Did she look like Aud- 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 Aubrey Hepburn? Audrey, Audrey Hepburn. No, she looked like a little blonde flapper. She was 5'2". Aww, she was born adorable. in 1902. So she was really came of age um, in the 20s. But yeah, so so these are stories that like I grew up with. Like you did not marry above or below your station. Um, and it, you really could, you know, it, it really wasn't just a, 
a plot device. It, it was something that could keep two people apart. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. But so, so they end up kissing and it gets discovered and then it ends in this very British way where, you know, her, the Duke walks in and he said in a very British way, he's like, <laughs> I'm heartbroken and just like leaves with dignity. <laughs> no, and well, then- <laughs> well, first Fran, Fran has a line where she's like, I don't understand. This doesn't bother you at all. And then he turns because he's got a very dry British reaction to it all. And then he turns to Fran and he goes, how dare you? I'm heartbroken. (laughs) And Mr. Sheffield is like, don't you like, don't you have any compassion, Miss Fine? Because all the British people in the room, they can see how like, like racked with, with like, um, anguish he is. Yeah. Yeah. But his expression literally doesn't change. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. And then he, you know, he sees himself out. And then, you know, the the very convenient bow at the end is they're like, well, everything's already set up for a wedding. Let's do this. So Jocelyn and her driver get married. And the last scene of the episode, um, it's it's very sweet and earnest. And also, I would say bittersweet because it's it's Fran and Mr. Sheffield sort of cleaning up the kitchen after this really big day. And they're sort of rehashing the events of the last few days. And, you know, Mr. Sheffield goes, can you imagine being blind to the fact that you love someone just because they work for you? And um, there's a moment between them, like yeah. a kind of loaded moment. And then they just go on their separate ways as Fran is tossing the bouquet that she caught earlier in the day. Yeah. And and they, they, they sell it pretty hard. Mr. Sheffield, even as he's leaving, sort of stops and glances back at her and then leaves, and then she glances back at him after he's already left, not seeing that he stopped and glanced back at her. And then you know she, he he goes out, and she goes upstairs, and 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 yeah, it's really sweet. And I mean, I I think you know we're on episode seventeen of I think you know twenty two or twenty four, so they're definitely you know n- not at this point it's not a question of of if but when you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they're starting to lean into that more. Yeah, I thought it was a really it was a sweet episode. This was it was not as funny to me as the previous episode. Um, there was a lot of comedy baked into that premise, um, but you know, I, there were a couple of you know. I love when the Duke of Salisbury first enters, and friend goes, "Oh my God, I love your steaks." Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, wait. Should we should we transition into segments? Yes. If we're going to get into our favorites. No, we should. Let's do segments. And now, segments. So, segments. Yeah, no, I think we should move on to segments. I to say we can move on to our segments. And now, segments. Segments uh, with Sean and Toria. (laughs) Okay, so favorite lines? Well, I went over, I I actually, I realized I, uh, left something really funny out of a line that I already mentioned, which is Cece goes, I didn't know Maxwell had a sister. Niall says, well, now you know what you're worth to him. And then a few beats later, when she goes, well, why did Franny Fine know about her? Niles goes, he talks in his sleep. <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> zing, dang. Yeah. Like, 
No mercy yeah. for CC. No, no mercy. It's not even true because they haven't slept together yet. But it's just, <laughs> just it's great. He's a jerk. Yeah, he's just being a total jerk to her and, and playing on her worst fears and insecurities. Yeah. Oh, well, and then my uh, my favorite line, which I also think is the darkest, is um, when Kenny leaves uh, the first time. Grace or Maggie comes downstairs and she's like, "Where?" And and um, <laughs> and Fran's like, "Oh, Kenny was just here, he, but he had to go." And then and then she goes, "Well, why did he leave?" Uh, and she goes, "Oh, I don't know. I think all the leather bo- leather boots scared him off. It's a Jewish thing, which." <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty yeah. sure it's a Holocaust joke. It's, it's, and yes, it's a Nazi. It's a Nazi joke Nazi for joke. sure. It's yeah. a Nazi joke. Because uh, yes, what uh, Maggie was wearing like leather riding boots or something. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I just was like, boy, oh boy, that's what a dark joke. But yeah, I loved well, it. So, you know. Um, it's funny because one of my favorite jokes was also a Kenny moment. Maybe he's gonna be a sneak attack bigger character because maybe they really liked him. Um because uh, you could tell they really like him because of the amount of airtime they've already been giving him. But basically, mm-hmm. later in the episode, he's back in the mix and he invites Maggie to come see him perform at some like hole in the wall place. And she, she's like, I'd love to. And he goes, Really? I think I've just lost all respect for you, which, <laughs> which is such a like neurotic, hilarious thing of like, you really, really like someone until they actually like you back. And then you think there must be something wrong with them. It's yes. like such a self-hating uh, neurotic. Oh, I've done that. Like, I've done that all the way up until my most recent relationship. So <laughs> I can't tell you how many people I may have completely missed out on because I was like, well, if they're into me, then there must be something wrong. I'll go chase after a girl that has no interest in me at all. Classic Kenny, classic uh, all of us, I guess. Well, not all of us, just us damaged us people. Damaged, bad. damaged goods. Damaged goods, baby. We um, should save that. We should save that for our other podcast, Damaged Goods, the therapy damaged. podcast. Yeah, where we also uh, just talk about all the clothes we've ruined by not properly taking care of them because, God, that's yeah. my life. I have so much, so many stains on all my clothes yeah and each seg- each episode ends with a segment on how to properly pack large items for shipping oh, so that they don't I, arrive as damaged goods i feel like um i feel like i have like a learned ignorance and i i think it must just be our generation <laughs> <laughs> just it's our generation for the worst um all right so nanny trivia this is short and sweet uh in real life fran drescher has an older sister named nadine just like she does on the show. And we have not yet met Nadine, but, uh, you know, we met Mr. Sheffield's sister, Jocelyn. So I figured we'd throw a little Fran's uh, sister trivia in hmm. there. And and her parents, as we've said before, are also named after her real life parents. Sylvia, Morty, and Nadine um, are her, like, is her nuclear family in real life. Adorable. I hope we get to meet her sister at some point in future episodes. Oh, I, yeah, we do. I forget who someone plays her who's interesting. Um, Jane Fonda. <laughs> Really? No. No, I know. Uh, no, I was like, wow. Um, and oh, for the Yiddish, I forgot. So there wasn't actually Yiddish in this. Um, but you know, they say maz- there's a line where um, Fran goes, Mazel Tov. It's Yiddish for Pip Pip, <laughs> um, yes. which I thought was funny because, first of all, Pip Pip is so stupid. And sometimes the British aristocracy sounds so stupid yeah. um, when you actually listen to them talking. To is there a definition for Pip Pip? Like, does it mean anything or is it just like it's, a- it's like hip hip hooray. It's just short for Pip. Let me see. Mm. Pip Pip meaning. Did you, did you grow up with a British accent and then had to lose it or did you always have an American accent? 
No, no, I always had an American accent, but there were a few little things that as I got to school, I found out that like other kids said it differently just as I grew up with my dad. I think the, this also says, um, Pip Pip is farewell. Maybe it's Pip Pip Cheerio is what you said. Um, the, the only thing that I still say that people call me out on, and for a long time, I didn't realize it was because of uh, growing up with an English parent. I often say, I might even be saying it wrong, like bedroom. Like I say the room part yeah. um, a little differently than other people. And but people what's, make- what's, what's funny about that is you, when I, when I hear you say that, it always sounds Canadian to me. It comes off as very Canadian to me. Bedroom. Yeah. Bedroom. It's not, I guess people say woo. Like to me. Yeah. You say it like red rum, like in the shining, like red mm-hmm. rum, red rum. Um, but that yes. is spelled R-U-M, not R-O-O-M. And how do you say it? Say it. Let me hear Room. It. Room, like that's like, hard like, for me. Like broom. broom. Do you say? Do you bedroom. say sweep with a broom? You sweep say sweep with, with a broom. broom. Sweep with a broom. Sweep with yeah. a broom. Bed. This bedroom. is also riveting for our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's listen. Uh, as we as we preface, this is the third episode of the record this week, so you get what you get. You don't get upset, yeah. as I used this- to say. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, we're, we're listen. We're trying to give you a full thirty minutes of quality content, and you'll get twenty four minutes of quality content, and like you know, six minutes of uh, questionably uh, entertaining nonsense. Um, yep. And that's um, a oh, Mr. Sheffield promise. <laughs> and then, okay, for the Fran or the CC, I really think I'm the Fran, uh, and because I really love meddling and I'm really nosy and I really have had to try to get better at it. And I think you generally don't give a shit. That might be a stereotypically gender divide, but like, yeah, I I know that like, for example, (laughs) this happened kind of recently. Uh, So when I was talking to you and Tom over our Slack, which we're on like all day talking to each other, I mentioned my boyfriend and you both were like, who? And I'm like, my boyfriend of two years. And I feel like I can tell you like your girlfriend's like and wives like favorite colors. I mean, I, I mean, look, here's what I'll say about that. I feel like specifically in that scenario, Tom and I both agreed that like you don't often talk about your boyfriend, especially as your boyfriend, which is a very... Like for the very long time, you were just like seeing a guy. And I think there was a leap between seeing a guy and like, oh, my boyfriend that we both were like, oh, yeah, I guess she's been seeing the same guy. Okay, that's fair. But you're but you're also not wrong. Like I, Elizabeth will often, I, I find everything Elizabeth says, I love everything she talks about. She's like a brilliant person. Every once in a while, she will talk about the intergoings on of the people on her mock trial team and like it's really tough for me to and i've like talked to her about like it's so hard for me to pay attention because like i I don't care about any of these people i don't know any of these people i'm like and not for nothing but like i know you well enough to know that after this is all over you will never talk to or about these people ever again so it gets really (laughs) hard for me to keep track of it from what like not hard to listen in the moment but then she'll be like remember a couple weeks ago i was telling you about blah 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 and i'm like no, dude. I, I mean, like vaguely, yes, but like, I, sure. So, and I recently had this conversation with Kyle. I was like, 
I don't, I could never have met some people. I could never even have the chance of meeting them. But if you're telling me something about their personal life, I will have questions and I will want to know more. Like if Liz was like, oh yeah, like my, this guy I go to school with, um, he's in this marriage and like, it's failing because of blah, 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 blah. I'll be like, well, have they been going to counseling? Like, what are you like? What? (laughs) But like, and also I will, I am trying to get better at this. I used to try to, I think like if there were, if there's two people having a problem, even if they were just friends, I would try to insert myself and mediate and make it better. And sometimes I'd make it worse. Sometimes I'd make it better. But the older I get, I'm like, I, I don't need to take that on. Uh, but I, you, I, wonder, I don't think you would ever. No, I wouldn't. So you're definitely the Fran and I'm the CC. And and that makes sense. But I do wonder, I guess, I guess if you're, you know, for people listening, like, do you, what do you, what do you think? Do you think that's a gender divide thing or is that too much of a generalization? Anyway, mm-hmm. we got way off topic. But we got way off. Yes. We got way off. We're, we're trying am, to keep it tight and right, and we're keeping it wrong and strong. Hey, but good news. We've hit that 32-minute mark. So, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, this was an episode of Oh, Mr. Sheffield, the podcast about the nanny. I am Shanti Pasquale, and you can find me at Sean Wrights. Uh, Toria, where can people find you? Toria Sheffy, two Fs and a Y on Instagram, because I still cannot figure out how to get back in Twitter. Uh, that's, the, that's, that's the end of the podcast. So, thank you, and, and goodbye. Goodbye and good luck and good night. The flashy girl from Flushing, the nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, uh, Miss Fine.